Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's have a serious talk about COVID and some news and notes leading into tonight's game on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Happy hump day to you all. My name is Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade, and this very podcast is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. Stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Check out PrimalOriginOils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products. Use the code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount at checkout. Alright, so we're going to have a serious conversation today, and I think this is one that needs to be had. But first, a reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including... Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, etc. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Let's get right into it today because we have a lot to talk about as far as COVID is concerned. I've actively, I, I shouldn't say I've actively avoided this, but because the Ducks have been doing so well and they've played so many games and I know the area that I'm at, I've avoided talking about this for as long as possible. But given the recent outbreak that's occurred in the National Hockey League, we have to talk about it now. We absolutely have to because this could affect the Ducks later on down the line. It was announced yesterday that the league had what I guess is some virtual meetings about what they're going to do moving forward. And part of this has to do with the Olympics. First, let's talk about the NHL and what's going on there. There have been several teams with outbreaks as far as COVID. The big outbreak comes from the Calgary Flames, where Daryl Sutter and over a dozen other team members were added to the NHL protocols on Tuesday. And honestly, this sucks for Calgary because their season is on pause until at least December 18th, but it could be longer than that. The game after that, after the 18th, they would be at home versus, ready, the Anaheim Ducks. That game is going to be December 21st. As of right now, that game is going to be played. That's assuming that A, no one else tests positive, and B, enough players test negative multiple times in order to get out of protocol and continue to play. So I would say there's, considering how far out this game is, I would say right now there's a 60% chance of that game being played at the Saddle Dome. Next week, the Ducks do travel to Canada to take on the Oilers, the Flames, and the Vancouver Canucks as of right now. But thinking about this in general, Calgary is not the only team to be affected. The Carolina Hurricanes, they were affected as several players tested positive for COVID and there's some pretty big names on that list. Sebastian Ajo's on that list. Uh, is on that list. It's awful. It's awful that the Hurricanes are just inundated with several players that are testing positive. Yes, all players except for at least we know of one that is not fully vaccinated. As far as we know, the one player that is not vaccinated as of right now is Tyler Bertuzzi of the Detroit Red Wings. What is the NHL going to do about this? Um, I'm hearing that there's going to be some enhanced protocols 
that are going to be taking place soon, which means it might be the same thing as we had in the bubble or something at least stringent that occurred last season. Not the 2020 playoffs bubble, but we're talking some of the advanced protocols that took place last season when there was no fans in the crowds. By the way, we're not going back to that. But I think it's going to be the same protocols that took place towards the end of last season where all the meetings had to be virtual and players could not be pretty much outside at all except for their team and that's it. So I think what's going to happen is teams are once again going to limit all their interactions. They're not going to have players do any type of get-togethers or gatherings, which is fine. The players are there to try to win games. And it's very important to remember that this season is probably not going to go on pause. I know that there's a lot of people saying, just put the game on hold for a couple weeks. Well, there's a few problems with that. One, think about all the workers that would be missing out on all that work, especially before the holidays. You need to think about them. You also need to think about when are those games going to be made up? Oh, we can make it up during the Olympic break. Well, what if there is no Olympic break? And also, if there is no Olympic break, what's going to happen with those games that were postponed before? Can they make them up during the break? Not necessarily, because several arenas already have dates planned out for those days. Yeah, you can't just up and say, oh, you can't have this concert because we have to make up a hockey game. No, it does not work like that. Several arenas have concerts, have different events. They've already sold tickets to those events. It's pretty impossible to make up every game in February. And I'll talk more about the Olympics on the second segment. But talking about the NHL at large, it's going to be difficult to get through this entire rest of the season unfazed. That's just how it is. If we're going to go back to daily testing, then we're going to expect to see more and more positive cases, especially with the Omicron variant unleashing its havoc across many parts of the country. I know it sounds daunting when I use that phrase, but that's exactly what's happening. Cases are going up again. Deaths are going up again. Does that mean that we have to shut everything down? Not necessarily. We don't have to shut everything down. We just have to be more stringent. You know, wear your masks, get vaccinated, all of that stuff. We can get through this season as long as everyone does their part and stays safe. That's why I say at the end of every show, please stay safe out there. This is part of it. You know, guys, just be careful out there. I I like seeing all the fans at the Ponda. And we want to continue to have fans at the Ponda. We want that. Absolutely. We don't want to have to go back to having 20% capacity or 50% capacity or something like that. We don't want that. We want everyone to remain safe. And that goes down to the players, the officials, the workers, the concessions, the ushers, everybody involved. You have to think about all the other auxiliary people that work these games. So to all the other hosts and fans that say, no, we need we need to just stop hockey for two weeks. No, we don't have to stop hockey for a couple of weeks. We don't have to do that. But we do have to be more vigilant and we do have to be more careful and we have to be more open to the fact that there's going to be postponements. Those are going to happen. All right. What the NHL 
should not be doing is forcing teams to play when they're short a dozen players. That's something that the NHL needs to address is having AHL teams virtually out there. I mean, look what happened with the Ottawa Senators. Teams were basically playing against Binghamton. That's how bad it got. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission very quickly. But first, let's talk about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it has to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA, and their combo kits would make a great holiday gift. So, if you want to check out Primal Origin Oils for yourself, then we know that every company claims to have the best, but this oil company challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel the in-beard difference to other products you've used. Remember the code Locked On will get you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Once again, use the code Locked On at checkout for 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. And we are also brought to you by my favorite protein bar in the world, Built Bar. That's right. 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. That's right. Maybe your favorite flavor is cookies and cream. Maybe you're feeling a little bit festive and you want some of that white chocolate. And be sure to check out Built.com daily for their 12 days of Built Bar. Because I'm hoping that one of my favorite holiday flavors last year comes back. And I'm talking about the Candy Cane Built Bar. Oh, wait, what? Yes, you heard that correctly. Candy Cane Built Bars. They taste like Christmas. They're fan. Fantastic. And maybe you want to get some stocking stuffers. Maybe you know Santa. Maybe he, you can tell him to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. Because with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. So, head over to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. So I mentioned I talked about the NHL in the first segment. Right now, I want to talk about the Olympics and what's going on there. As of today, USA Hockey is, quote, hopeful, unquote, that players will get to participate in the 2022 Olympics set to start two months from now. We are hopeful. Actually, here's the quote from U.S. Hockey Executive Director Pat Kelleher, quote, We certainly are hopeful that all systems will be go by the time we get ready to go to Beijing, but there's certainly still work to be done. There are a lot of moving parts. There are things that still have to be discussed and hopefully answered so that everyone can feel the best about sending the best players to the Olympics from the NHL, end quote. As far as players are concerned, there's a bit of hesitation when it was revealed over the weekend that players might be required to quarantine anywhere from three to five weeks if they test positive. You heard that right. Three to five weeks. 
and there are players that are concerned about it. One player that's concerned was Patrice Bergeron, who had this quote to say, quote, it is concerning when you hear about the three to five week quarantine, having to stay back and stay in China. I think there's a lot of questions right now that need to be answered. And that's how I feel about it. Obviously, as an athlete, I think you're torn because you want to be there. And as I said, the biggest sports event in the world. That being said, it's a different situation and different year. And you want to make sure you have all the answers before I can really answer that question. End quote. And someone else that had major concern was Alex Petrangelo, who had this quote to say, quote, I've got four kids that are under the age of three and a half. So for me to be potentially locked up there for five weeks plus the Olympics, it's a long time being away from my family. End quote. And here's what John Tavares had to say if players had to stay there. Quote, It's extremely challenging to wrap your head around that and then getting home. How are we getting home? Ooh, end quote. That That's a pretty bold statement right there. And finally, we have a statement from Connor McDavid, who has never played in the Olympics, by the way. Here's what Connor had to say. Quote, We need to continue to gather all the information that there is. There hasn't been a ton of info coming out, and all of a sudden, there's that three to five week thing that's been kind of floating around. We're just trying to gather all the facts and information, and obviously, it's unsettling if that were to be the case when you go over there. So obviously, I'm still a guy that's wanting to go play in the Olympics, but we also have to make sure it's safe for everybody and for all the athletes, not just for the hockey players. End quote. So there's there's a likelihood that a lot of players are simply not going to want to go, especially if there's a three to five week period where they have to stay in China because of country mandates. That's going to have a ripple effect, not just on the Olympics, not just on the players. It's going to have a ripple effect in the National Hockey League. Can you imagine being Connor McDavid? And you have to stay in China for five weeks after the Olympics end. Or no, we'll say best case scenario, even three weeks. Let's say even three weeks after the Olympics end. All right, well, the Olympics end in the third week of February. All right. What if he can't go back to the Oilers right away? And the Oilers, just to put this in a hockey perspective, they've got three humongous games right after the Olympic break. They're at Tampa Bay, they're at Florida, and they're at Carolina, three of the best teams in the National Hockey League. If you don't have Connor McDavid for those three games after the Olympics, you are toast. And that will have a ripple effect on the NHL. It'll have a ripple effect on the standings. It'll have a ripple effect on the Pacific Division, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I know Ducks fans are saying, hey, maybe if the Oilers lose some games, they won't catch the Ducks. And the Ducks will have a better shot at the playoffs. <laughs> okay, no, stop it right there. We need to think about this from a human perspective. That is a long time to be away from your families. I mean, yes, it would be beneficial to some teams, but also think about this. John Gibson, he's a potential Olympic athlete. Would he want to be away for that long? And what if he has to stay three to four weeks? What if he has to hang back in China after the Olympics? Well, luckily for the Ducks, 
they don't have very many games after the break. In fact, their first game after the Olympic break is not till Friday the 25th. So while a lot of other teams start on the 22nd or the 23rd, the Ducks have those extra days off. And the 25th and 27th, they play the Kings and the Islanders. Not exactly some tough teams there. But still, you don't want to have John Gibson stuck in Beijing for that long. Or what about Troy Terry? Yes, it's not a given that he's going to play in the Olympics, but his name has been lobbied about time in and time out that Troy Terry would possibly make the U.S. Olympic team if the players go. What if Troy Terry tests positive? What if both of them test positive and you're out both Troy Terry and John Gibson for that first week or week and a half after the Olympics? That's going to be awful for the fans. It's it's robbing the Ducks fans. It's robbing the players. It is robbing everyone of all that time off. So I completely understand why the players are very, I don't want to say pessimistic, but they're, there's some creeping doubts that they're probably not going to go to the Olympics. And honestly, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. If there was any year for players to not play, this would be it. Especially with this new variant going around the world like it is right now and having some of the international travel restrictions, then in the long run, it would be better for the players. It'd be better for the game. It'd be better for the league as a whole and for the safety of everyone if they don't go to the Olympics. I think the players should just stay home, bow this one out. I know it is a great opportunity to wear that Team USA jersey on your crest. I get that. But safety comes first. And family comes first. So it's probably wiser for the players to just stay home. Hey, there, at least there's always the All-Star game. I mean, if Gibby and Terry don't go to the Olympics, they can always go to Vegas and play in the All-Star game. So there's that. <laughs> All right, we're going to head into the second intermission right now. But let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And it's where the game starts. You have basketball. And by the way, did you check out Steph Curry? All-time three-point king. Congrats to Steph Curry on that. So you have basketball. You had some lines on when Steph Curry would break the record. You have football. The final weeks are coming up. And believe it or not, Tom Brady's still doing his thing. Oh, and of course, you have the National Hockey League. All the future lines on who's going to win the Stanley Cup are up. So head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as it is hump day. Hope you all are enjoying the day of hockey that we're going to have tonight. It is the Seattle Kraken coming to the Ponda for the first time in their franchise history. Should be a fun one. That game begins at 7 o'clock tonight and that game can be seen on TNT. 
Oh yeah. All right. So a little bit of some news and notes regarding the Anaheim Ducks and San Diego goals. Don't forget tomorrow is goals Thursday. It was announced that Jacob Larson is back. He got recalled from San Diego to the Anaheim Ducks. Okay then. So that experiment isn't over. Jacob Larson's back. Wait, why is Jacob Larson back? Well, he's back because we had some injury updates this afternoon. And I kind of waited to record this third segment later in the day so I could get these news and notes up and running. Uh, According to Dallas Eakins, Josh Mahura is going to be out for a little bit due to an upper body injury. We don't know exactly what the injury is. It's assumed that he got injured at some point during the last practice that they had. Some Something happened. But nonetheless, he is out. So I'm assuming that Jacob Larson is back up to be that extra defenseman just in case. The Ducks do have seven defensemen on the roster. There's always one healthy scratch just in case someone gets hurt during warm-ups. So I'm just going to assume that Jacob Larson is going to be the odd man out once again. And I expect to see the same six defensemen that we've been seeing for the past few weeks. I'm expecting to see Lindholm and Drysdale, Fowler and Manson, Simon Benoit, and of course Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, I think Benoit is going to stay in the lineup over Jacob Larson. Larson hasn't done a terrible job in San Diego this season. But with Gooley out, who else are you going to put in there? So that's who will slot into that extra spot. Who knows? Maybe Larson will get a game on this homestand. Who knows? The other injury news, and this is very, very good news. The Ducks are happy to announce that Max Comtois is super close to returning, according to Coach Egan's. Max Comtois was supposed to be out till at least January. If he's close to returning, that is nothing but great news for the Anaheim Ducks. And this begs the question that we have to ask, where are they going to put him? Well, it was mid-November when it was announced that Comtois would be out for about six weeks. If you guys recall, he had surgery on his right hand to remove a small bone. (laughs) Yeah, Imagine that. Imagine having to remove a small bone in your right hand. That's gotta hurt. Oh man, that's gotta hurt. I guess luckily for Max Comtois, that's not exactly his dominant hand. He does shoot left, so his right hand isn't his dominant hand, but that's still gotta be very painful. For him, only four weeks ago, to be having the surgery... And for him to be that close to coming back now, I don't know if he's going to come back this week. There are only two games this week. There's plenty of days off. I say give him the extra rest and have him good to go for the road trip. If he if he is indeed that close to returning, just hold him off for a couple more games and then go from there. The Ducks do play tonight. They do play two nights from now against the Arizona Coyotes. So... Maybe just rest him for another week and then go from there. And this also begs, I mean, begs the question, where are the Ducks going to put Max Comtois and who's going to be the odd man out? Right now, you do not mess with that second line. It's Milano, Zegers, and Raquel. Don't mess with it. It's fine. 
don't separate Getzloff and Terry. Maybe, maybe put Comtois on left wing there. Why not? Sam Steele is normally a third liner. Maybe put Comtois up on that first line with Getzloff and Terry for now. See how that works out. Or honestly, I would love to see Comtois on that third line with Isaac Lundestrom and Jakob Silverberg. Maybe having Comtois back can help open up that line a little bit and get Jakob Silverberg out of this slump that he's in right now. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Jakob Silverberg hasn't scored in about 20-something games. I'm hoping he breaks out of his slump tonight against the Kraken. And another injury update. As far as John Gibson is concerned, uh, the rumor is that he is not going to be in the lineup tonight. They're still going to roll with Anthony Stolarz and Luka Dostal. And at least for the next couple of games, who knows? Maybe. Maybe Luka Dostal could make his NHL debut. How cool would that be? He was unavailable on Sunday. There is absolutely zero word if he's coming back tonight or not. But the rumor right now is that he's not quite ready to come back yet. If he misses a couple of games this week with the added off days over the weekend, that's fine. Give Stolarz another start. I talked about this massively yesterday. Anthony Stolarz deserves more starts, and this is a good chance for that. In fact, I'd be okay if Stolarz got both starts against Seattle and Arizona. But on a personal level, I would love to see Dostal get at least one start this season just to boost up his confidence a little bit. So those are the news and notes. That is what is going on. A quick preview. The Ducks face the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken are in last place. I mean, let's face it. The Seattle Kraken, they're an expansion team through and through. They're doing decently, I guess, in some areas. They're doing not bad recently. They just beat San Jose last night. They beat Edmonton recently. They beat Buffalo recently, but so did the Ducks. But they beat Florida recently, too. Hmm, that's impressive. Yesterday, the Seattle Kraken seemingly put all their chips on the table. They left it all on the ice last night and beat up on the San Jose Sharks. So if you're the Ducks, you got to think, hmm, the Seattle Kraken are coming in on the back end of a back-to-back. They just played last night. They're going to come into tonight maybe slightly tired. The Ducks have the fresher legs They have the better stats. They have the better scoring. I honestly expect another Ducks win tonight. The Ducks are pretty much better in every statistical category. The Kraken allow 3.5 goals per game. The Ducks only allow 2.6. Power play, not that good for the Kraken. Ducks, still good. The penalty kill is decent for Seattle. So, yeah, I expect a victory. I also probably will see Dredger up on net, but who knows? Who knows at this point? All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Don't forget, Ducks Hockey is tonight at the Ponda. So if you're heading to the game right now, have fun watching the Seattle Kraken make their debut at the Ponda. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to check out this podcast, it's available on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Podbean, whatever you choose to listen with. You could email me 
at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Please be careful out there, folks. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the night. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together.